was 13 years ago today that my mother passed away. And it was seven years ago that the love of God was sung at my father's funeral. It was his favorite song. And thoughts of them today are, are very comforting. Uh, Julie, you had no idea when you chose that song what it meant to me, but God certainly knew. And so I thank him for that. I think this is the first time that I have shared with you what I wrote in the Bethel Matters newsletter before it came out. But this week as I wrote the article for our monthly newsletter, my mind was drawn to Psalm 119. And the subject of God and affliction. Let me give you a little background on Psalm 119. You may know it is the longest chapter in the Bible. It is 176 verses long. The theme of that wonderful psalm is exalting God's Word in the lives of believers. And almost every verse, not all, but almost every, speaks of the Bible in at least one of eight different ways. The Bible is called law, testimonies, precepts, statutes, commandments, judgments, word, and ordinances. And a little more than one-third of the way into the psalm, the psalmist brings up afflictions in three different verses. You may want to turn to Psalm 119 this morning. And particularly, we will be looking at verses 67 to 75. It is page 608 in the chair Bible in front of you. But in verses 69 and 70, the psalmist shares his circumstances Apparently, he was being slandered by shameless enemies who wanted to smear his reputation. And you'll notice what he says in verse 69. He says, The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. I one time heard Pastor John MacArthur say that people pain is the worst form of pain. And I think that's true. When we have physical pain, that's injury. But when we have people pain, that is insult added to injury. And when insult is added to injury, that is double the pain. And the psalmist here, as he reflected upon his own circumstances and the pain of slander that was being brought against him, began in this section of the psalm to reflect upon God and, and why he uses affliction in our lives. And so this morning, what I want to talk with you about for a few moments is how God uses affliction. 
I said to Julie as I was looking at this a little bit more this week, uh, there is an awful lot that some very seasoned Christians have written about affliction. And so as we move through some of these verses together and the principles, I will share some of the wisdom of the ages that God has given to other Christians. Uh, Tonight I will be uh, uh, preaching at the state prison. Uh, My dear friend Randy Gilbertson will be with me and I'll be bringing this message to those men there. And So they are men who have experienced a great deal of affliction and need this message very much as well. Let's take a moment and pray together and ask for God's direction. Father, sometimes the hardest circumstances are the ways we learn the best. And the deepest pain teaches us the ways of God in our life. And we thank you that the Bible is a book for every circumstance, for every need, that the people of God experience the same things that we do, And you, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, led them to write the very things that minister to our hearts and draw us near to you. And so, as I pray for us today and pray for the men this evening, we just ask that you will lead us to understand and love you even more for your good and gracious work in our hearts. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, as we look at this psalm, the thing that God teaches us is that God uses affliction to bring about correction. And you'll notice in verse 67, the psalmist says this, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, he says, I keep your word. The word astray there is a very interesting word. It means to sin ignorantly. It suggests straying off of the path because of being deceived or led astray in some way. And it's clear here that the psalmist understood that he had a fallen nature that was vulnerable to self-deception and could lead to unintentional sin. Now, we want to be very clear here, unintentional sin is still sin, but it goes undetected in our lives, and so it can continue for a very, very long time. As I thought about this, I thought it is very, very similar to uh, uh, the blind spot as we are driving. All of us understand what what our blind spot is. It is that place behind us where we cannot see a passing or approaching car in our rearview mirrors. And so what we have to do is we have to turn around and we have to look uh, extra hard to see a car in our blind spot. Now if we cause an accident because we didn't look hard enough in the blind spot, we are still at fault because we failed to look. And that's what unintentional sin is like. It is sin that we are so used to that we have to look extra hard to see it. 
And it's very, very easy for us to deny or rationalize. Now, it's interesting here what the psalmist says. He says, God uses affliction to get our attention, to block our path, to make us see things as they really are in our lives. I remember a time early in my ministry in which I rationalized a a sin that I was guilty of. The result of that was a damaged relationship and there was nothing that I could do to repair that relationship. It brought me to my knees and it caused me to reach out to a mentor of mine and and just ask him what he thought as I tried to rationalize it. And like Nathan the prophet, he said to me, You are the man, and you have done wrong. And his words of confrontation to me led me to confession and repentance. And it is very, very interesting I have been extra careful about the error that I fell into then, ever since that time. The affliction of that damaged relationship did its work in my life and corrected me. And that's why God uses affliction. One of the great devotional writers of all time was Oswald Chambers. And I want you to notice what he one time wrote. The agony of a man's affliction is often necessary to put him into the right mood to face the fundamental things of life. The psalmist says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now... I have kept thy word. Notice how as the psalmist moves along here, he gives to us another reason why God uses affliction. Look down at verse 71 and notice this. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Now, here he takes the lesson one step further, and he says to us that God uses affliction as a good teacher. Once affliction has corrected us, it now can teach us the positive good truth. As I read this verse, I could not help but think of that wonderful verse about God's Word in 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is God-breathed. And it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and then for training in righteousness. That the man or woman of God might be thoroughly equipped and mature for every good work. And so what God is telling us here is that affliction, as it corrects, then it brings us to the place where the Word of God can then train us in righteousness. I grew up with a young man in my neighborhood who was uh, cocky, brash, and uh, lived on the wild side. 
And one day when we had become adults, his sister came to me. She happened to be a member of the church that I was pastoring, and she said, would you go and visit my, my brother? She said he's going to prison on drug charges. Things had gotten so bad that drug pushers had firebombed his house. And so I remember going to the little room where I was to visit with him. His name is, is Pat. It had been years since I had seen Pat. And as I walked into that little room, there was a devastated man. Tears were streaming down his face. And I thought, that's not something I ever saw I would, I would see in Pat. All the brashness was gone. All the cockiness had evaporated. And the reason he was crying, he was leaving behind a three-year-old daughter as he headed off to a three-year prison term. And affliction had corrected him and taught him the truth about the life of drugs. Affliction is a very good teacher. One of the well-known Christians in our day is Kay Arthur. She has taught people how to study the Bible through precept ministries all around the world, and she's gone through some very deep afflictions in her own life. And this is what Kay Arthur had to say. Why should I ever resist any delay or disappointment, any affliction or oppression or humiliation, when I know God will use it in my life to make me like Jesus and to prepare me for heaven. And one of the greatest writers on the spiritual life of our day is Jerry Bridges. And Jerry Bridges put it this way, God never allows pain without a purpose in the lives of his children. He never allows Satan or circumstances nor any ill-intending person to afflict us unless he uses that affliction for our good. God never wastes pain. Isn't that helpful to know? God never wastes pain. He always causes it to work together for our ultimate good, the good of conforming us more to the likeness of His Son. And so affliction is a very good teacher. Well, the psalmist here is not finished because he moves along to a final lesson that we have to understand. And the final lesson is in verse 75, and it is this, that God uses affliction because he is faithful to his children. Look at what he says, verse 75. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. 
Very interesting here, the word faithfulness is a word that means fidelity. It means loyalty. And it means that God can be counted on to do what is in the best interest of His children. Now here's what happens. Since affliction is very, very painful to us, we often assume that the God who is administering it is not good. And so we become disillusioned. But what the psalmist is saying is that we have to see this in another way. We have to see that God is faithful, God is loyal, God has fidelity to His children. And that is true in times of affliction, just as in good times. Some of you may know that Haddon Robinson is considered by many to be the dean of homiletics professors. He has taught multitudes of pastors all across this country and around the world to preach God's Word. When his father became an older man, he fell ill, and his dad prayed to God for healing. And in the simplicity of his faith, he assumed that God would heal him. And when God did not, Mr. Robinson became very, very disillusioned with the Lord. As he continued on with uh, old age and ill health, he was moved into a nursing home not far from where his son hadn't lived. Dr. Robinson said that he visited his dad every single day for lunch until his father finally passed away. When I heard that, I thought to myself, can you imagine how many people would love to spend one hour a day with Haddon Robinson? Can you imagine that? That would be worth almost any illness. And Mr. Robinson had a faithful God. He gave to him a far greater treasure than the return of his health. He gave him daily visits from his world-renowned son until he passed away. Only a loyal and faithful God would do that. Many of you know that J.I. Packer wrote the great classic, Knowing God, that has helped many have a deeper walk with the Lord. And this is what Packer had to say. God uses chronic pain and weakness along with other afflictions as his chisel for sculpting our lives. And you know what a sculpture is. It is a wonderful art form that is admired by all who see the handiwork of the artist. And God uses affliction to sculpt us because he is a faithful God. Some time ago, I was reading the biography 
of a wonderful English pastor by the name of J.C. Ryle, who in the 1800s was greatly used of God in England, and his writings are still very useful for our instruction to this very day. While I was preparing for this message, I came across this statement from Pastor Ryle. This is what he said. He has never promised that we shall have no afflictions. He loves us too well to promise that. Here's what happened to J.C. Ryle. His family lost a tremendous fortune because of some unwise investments by his father. And Ryle went from being the rich son of a wealthy family to being penniless and without a job. For years afterwards, out of a meager salary, he sought to pay back his father's creditors because he thought as a Christian it was the right thing for him to do. While his family was wealthy and rich, Ryle was on his way to a position in Parliament. But once the family was plunged into poverty because of his father's foolish actions, he knew he would never be a politician in Parliament. You know what God made of him instead? He made him into a pastor. And today, his biography reads, prepared to stand alone. And it's an inspiring story. And one of his contemporaries who was far more luminous than he would ever become, gave perhaps the greatest tribute he could ever receive. Said Charles Spurgeon, J.C. Ryle is an evangelical champion, one of the bravest and best of men. And yet today, None of it would have happened apart from affliction. We would not even know his name were it not for a faithful God using affliction. God is a faithful God. God is a faithful God. And whatever your affliction, He will correct you. He will teach you. He will be loyal to you. Let's thank His name. Father, we ask today that
by the work of the Holy Spirit, through the truth of the Word of God, that these verses laid away for us in Psalm 119 would encourage our spirits, would grant us hope, and would lead us to the living God. Lord, whatever you permit and allow for our good is because you are a good God. And so we submit to you. We place our lives before you. We thank you that as we look to you and allow you to be God, you are training us, correcting us, molding us, into mature men and women who are more prepared for every good work. What a blessing that is to us. We love you today because you first loved us. Thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name.